Well, hello, Clergy Chick listeners. Thanks for tuning in. If ever you want to give to that which makes it happen, give to my church, Chapel by the Sea, on Clearwater Beach, Florida. You can text GIVE to 727-222-1336. And as always, this is the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From December 13th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the texts are Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 11, and Mark 1, verses 1 through 8. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to provide comfort to all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, And as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. And Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. And surely now uh, to all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home.
So on this, the third Sunday of the season of Advent, we have lighted the pink Advent candle of joy. Joy is the focus of the third Sunday of Advent each, each year and each time we light the pink candle. And joy during 2020, some suggest it may be in short supply. I saw a post on social media this week. Somebody had taken a picture of their neighbor's outdoor Christmas decorations. Have you guys driven around this season yet to look at Christmas lights? My family and I did that last night. And so this particular neighbor had three big lighted letters, big letters, right? Maybe about yay high or so, big letters, spelling out J-O-Y, joy. Except that the J had fallen down, leaving oi. <laughs> the person who posted said, my neighbor's J fell down, but this is so much better. Hashtag 2020. Oi. So if you're feeling more like oi this season instead of joy, this message may be for you. Several years ago, I read something that said, when you want to ask somebody if they're happy, don't say, are you happy? Because that can evoke kind of a sense of existential dread. Am I happy? I don't know. Am I happy? Instead, you ask the question like this, what's making you happy today? Which invariably invokes the things that are bringing joy into our lives. And so that was the inspiration behind the activity that most of you participated in earlier, where I had you write three things that are bringing you joy during this season. And for just a moment, I invite you once again to think about the three things that you wrote on those pieces of paper. Just think about that and hold that in your minds. And you see what I did there? I just sowed a little joy in you, didn't I? Just by prompting you to think of things that are making you happy, that are bringing you joy. I just sowed a little joy, and that's what we do. Those who dream sow joy. Sowing joy is kind of the language kind of evokes the the idea of, of a gardener sowing seeds, Right? You sow seeds, you plant a garden. And, and this garden imagery is, is all throughout Scripture and the Scripture lessons that we read uh, from, the, gospel, from the, the book of Isaiah. We see God in, in the one Scripture lesson both as gardener and as the garden. God as the gardener plants his people as, as oaks of righteousness. So if you are one of God's people, you are an oak of righteousness. And in the same text, we see God as a garden out of which righteousness emerges, righteousness and joy. And sometimes seeds can manifest even when there's no hope. My friend Jeff was telling me a story about a time where his kid brought home some baked pumpkin seeds from school one day. You ever eaten baked pumpkin seeds? And so he brought these baked pumpkin seeds home, and, and Jeff was eating them with his son, and they had a few. And, and then his son, the, you know, he was a little guy. He really wanted to go plant these seeds out in the yard. And Jeff was like, no, they've been baked. They're not going to grow. That's ridiculous. And the son was like, no, I want to plant the seeds. And so Jeff, you know, being a good father, relented, he gave in, and he and his son took the baked pumpkin seeds out to the front yard and, and dug a little hole and put the seeds in there and put the dirt back over it. 
Jeff had appeased his son and had forgotten all about the pumpkin seeds until about a year later. Jeff was mowing the, the lawn and started seeing some interesting leaves emerging from that spot where he had planted baked pumpkin seeds. And what do you know but a, a little pumpkin patch grew right there in his very front yard to his chagrin. <laughs> When we plant seeds, they can manifest even when there's no hope. And so as we reflect on this imagery of the garden in, in the book of Isaiah, we remember what's happening as the context. In this part of Isaiah, the people have returned from exile in Babylon. They're back in Jerusalem. And I think I told you last week what had happened in Jerusalem some 70 years prior. You remember? The Babylonians came through and they completely demolished Jerusalem. Completely demolished the whole, all of Judea, raising the temple to the ground, destroyed everything, leaving it a pile of rubble for the next 70 or so years. And now the people of Israel are, are coming back and they're finding their homeland just, just in rubble, just demolished, destroyed. And so the prophet is trying to say a word of hope in this kind of desolate situation. And so the language is like this. Uh, uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn. Uh, they shall build up the ancient ruins. Now you know the context, right? They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations and then the end of the text says, the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before the nations. So you see that the prophet is trying to sow a little joy for the people returning to the homeland to just devastation and destruction. Fast forward about a half a millennium, and now the, the people of Israel have reestablished in the homeland King Herod, the Roman, uh, the Roman, has rebuilt the temple, and it's glorious. It's fantastic. But the Jewish people are under a new oppressor. It's no longer Babylon. Now it's the Holy Roman Empire. And out of that situation, we find that this young virgin Mary visiting her cousin Elizabeth and bursting forth in song and it's a song of joy, and it's a song of holy resistance. It's a song that Caesar would not appreciate very much. And out of this beautiful song, we, we find that joy is, is being sown literally in Mary. And in both of these texts, what we find is, is that something is happening underneath the surface of things. That God is working behind the scenes. That God is working underneath the surface. That God is working within Mary. Creating something of beauty. Creating joy. Joy is about to spring forth even if you don't see it. Even if it's underground or hidden within. That's what's about to happen. You have unintentionally helped participate in creating a garland of joy. Because what's been happening, as you've been in here, our ushers have been feverishly working to create a, a garland of joy that they're going to bring forth now, even if it's not finished. They can finish it in just a minute. 
And so together with, with your three joys and my three joys and, and, and all the three joys, and I hope you participated at home, and all the joys that we, that we piece them together and, and create a garland from nothing more than little strips of construction paper. Can you tell I have a first grader at home and you see the source of my inspiration? Wow. You did that more quickly than I could have imagined. That's longer than I was thinking, Kristen, in my brain. It was just a, a few feet. But, but all the staplers, all right, in the whole church were used to make this garland of joy. Did you know that you were creating a garland of joy? And we'll, we'll have it out in our narthex for you, to, to you, for you to see. Just your three joys and my three joys, we put them together. And, and look, we have sown joy. Thank you, guys. Give the ushers a, 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 a round of applause and a word of appreciation. Well done. This week, I was driving into church and kind of looking at the church. It's always so beautiful. I was driving in. I noticed that our yellow irises out front, they were looking a little puny. Maybe you noticed it as you came into the church today. They're, they're not looking great. They're normally so beautiful and give me... Uh, a lot of joy, and perhaps you've enjoyed them throughout the years. They're not looking real great right now. So I talked to Rick, our facilities manager. I said, hey, next time the yard guys are out here, would you have them cut down the irises? They're not looking great. And he, he was kind of surprised. He's like, take out the irises. I was like, no, 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 don't take out. The, just cut them down. They're perennials. They'll grow back, right? That's what perennials do. Underneath the surface of things, there, there's a bulb that's gaining energy and preparing and getting ready to burst forth in the springtime with beautiful color. They're perennials. They'll come back. And maybe you're having a hard time finding your joy this season, but guess what? Joy is perennial as well. Maybe you don't see what's happening underneath the surface, within the mystery of what's happening, but, but joy is perennial and Soon you'll find it bursting forth. Do you think I'm a prophet for predicting that? Maybe I'm a little bold. That's a little courageous to predict that the irises will bloom in the spring. You think that's a little, little brazen? No. Because you know and I know the nature of irises that they will bloom again. And you know and I know the nature of God. That God won't leave us in this darkness forever. That Joy is perennial, and it will bloom again. Just like the dormant bulb underneath the surface of the earth, forgotten, it's working. In its mystery, we don't have to do much of anything. Don't have to tend it. It just happens. And God is at work behind the scenes. And God is at work God is at work beneath the surface and God is at work within holy mystery we wait because it is the season of advent but those who wait have received a promise that allows them to wait. And you and I, we have a promise that Christ is coming again. 
We wait, yes, but we do not wait as those without hope because behind and beneath and within there's a holy mystery about to spring forth. And our job in the meantime is to sow a little joy. Know somebody that needs some joy? Just ask them maybe this week. What's, What's bringing you joy these days? That's all it takes. Go forth and sow joy, chapel. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.